podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edge Rush. I am Nat Coombs. He is... Ollie, the producer, a.k.a. Prop O, a.k.a. The Unders King of Plumpton. And my first question, my friend, is have you voted for the show in the Sports Podcast Awards? Are you allowed to Of course to I have. Of course I have, realistically. I mean, I'm going to vote as many times as I'm allowed to, Nat. Um, oh, not that I'm going to rig it or obviously try and do anything corrupt, unlike certain people in this country. But at the same I- time... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, go. Ollie going with a deep dive satirical cut uh, yeah, it's Friday morning I, um, now. it's Friday morning what, what, what more could you want I like this idea we know of course long time listeners to the show will know that Propo is dedicated to nothing else not not even uh, in fact rarely if ever producing than the caliber of this show but uh, to, to to gambling to finding the edge yeah. to going through stats and data and I can just see a room in, in Propo Towers in Plumpton which just has 55 screens and of course they're a number of them are showing games and action but also you've got just multiple screens just programming data and stats and spitting out you can use all that setup to to try and rig the vote i know there is the problem is now is we're right in the thick of the nfl season yeah it doesn't finish till march does it so that means i've got a good two months after the super bowl yeah, well, exactly. Month, sorry, there's my there's my maths coming into it again after <laughs> you praising my <laughs> statistical models. Yeah, a month yeah. afterwards to really get into it and kind of focus mm. on pushing that because right now it's all about Super Wildcard Weekend, baby. Oh, yes, it is. So let's uh, get into it. Go straight down to business. We got three of the wildcard games that we are picking. Propos prop bets of the week. Uh, my uh, Edge Rush Acker, our Edge Rush Acker, because of course Propo can veto that if he wants to. Um, and our Drew, which Locks one last week? Which one last week? There we go. And Josh Acker won last week. Did did all variations of it win? The Pats blew it, but Nat, we have to do it realistically. I said it on last week's show that I would denounce my sharp title if the Raiders pulled it off on Sunday Night Football, which was meant to be effectively a playoff game, but it didn't really turn out to be because of the Colts losing to the Jags, which I don't think anyone predicted in this crazy, crazy season. But I mean, all of the statistics, all of the analysis... I mean, Will Gavin, you heard it, sat to me on radio on Saturday night and basically explained to me why there is no logic behind why the Raiders should beat the Chargers from a footballing perspective. And it was at that moment that I realised the Raiders are going to win this game. (laughs) Yes, I came in uh, on Sunday for our radio show and I knew that was going to be in our pre-game build-up, that chat that you guys had had on the Saturday and the the Will Gavin rant in full. I knew at that moment too that I that I was in. And I hope, Al, I hope we will be playing that clip for years to come. Frankly, yeah, I think we should do. I mean, honestly, and I sat there and I still was questioning whether or not I was going to take your Drew Lock because I was so convinced the Chargers were going to win. And there was a moment that I had now where I was sitting at home and I suddenly it, it broke to me. I was like, No, do you, this is the NFL. This. A lot of the time, the gambling, the analysis, the picks, they don't really make any sense. And this one doesn't really make any sense. So I ended up actually backing not only the Raiders at plus three, I also took the money line. The money line. So as you can imagine, I was relieved to see that they didn't play for the tie and that Brad and Staley took the time out. So all in all, it was, uh, yeah, no. You love Brad and Staley. Unbelievable pick, Matt. Unbelievable pick. Thank you very much. And and look, I think as we talked about on the show last week, uh, and as you say, overwhelmingly, if not entirely, I think I saw one or two fellow Raiders advocates, Raiders apologists out there in the in the in the media ranks, but yeah, it was overwhelmingly charges. But uh, and I get that one of the overwhelming reasons, the the key rationale, but the principal rationale I, I felt was was emotion in the moment, and and I do feel that that as we saw Ev in 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 full Technicolor, that can count for a lot. But it was more than that. I don't, you know, I, I think a lot of it was down to individuals within that Raiders uh, organization on both sides of the ball playing up an upside. And you see this time and again, that if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, then they have a fighting chance because this, this is, it was effectively a playoff game. This is pro football. It's, this is why we see wild, crazy underdog wins 
during the season, you know, Detroit uh, Jags over the Colts kind of wins, right? That there is upside uh, within every team. And obviously when you've got a contending team like the Raiders, significantly so. So when Renfro, even Carr, who didn't have, uh, you know, one of his strongest games of the season, but clutch throws at key moments. Carlson as well, obviously Crosby. There is just enough talent in this organization. If they are going uh, to simpatico play up their high level to their ceiling, then of course, game on. And that's that's very much what we saw. So loving the Raiders, loving the Raiders. We haven't put the Raiders charges in our three games this week because I, I don't think your your nerves could handle it, Propo. No, I don't think I could. And also, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I'm just out of intrigue. You got, are you leaning towards some a team in that in, game? In that game, the Bengals, yeah. The Bengals. Yeah, see, I it's think interesting. I think I've had a lot of sharps coming on the Raiders this week, but I'm leaning towards the Bengals. I think it's a matchup nightmare for the Raiders. I, had a, I told exactly. you that I had an intoxicated revelation that the Raiders were going to win a Super Bowl on Tuesday night. <laughs> tell me you put some money. Tell me you put a fiver on them. I, put, on. I think the value, yeah. if you're going to put money on the Raiders this week, I think the value is actually on them to win the Super Bowl because as you just perfectly encapsulated, they've got the capabilities, they've actually got the players, they've got the talent. But at the same time, it still makes absolutely no sense from what we've seen throughout the whole regular season, both on the pitch and off the pitch, that the Raiders go on to win the Super Bowl. And that's exactly why, mm. considering what we've seen this season, I think they probably yeah, have quite yeah, a yeah. chance to win the Super Bowl. Well, for sure. I mean, you know, one of the obvious narratives is there isn't, certainly in the in the AFC right now, there isn't, a, you know, a, a clear-cut, strong favourite. I know there's a lot of buzz around the Titans. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to be dangerous, but the Patriots trending the wrong direction. The Bills are fallible. The Bengals are great, but a speed out of control kind of fallible. So but this is the first playoff game Derek Carr's ever played. And it was the same rationale we were talking about on, on the show last week. Don't underestimate that type of motivation, right? We've seen it time and time again on an individual basis. And David Carr was saying, never underestimate the hungriest guy in the room. He said his brother is, it's a brilliant combination, I think, Carl, of absolutely ready for it, motivated. He said his, his whole life he's been waiting since we were kids and he found out about the playoffs. He's been wanting to have, be a quarterback in a playoff game. His whole life has been leading up to moments like this. But at the same time, he said he's quite relaxed. He just wants to enjoy it. He's, you know, he's, that for me is a dangerous cocktail. You know, when you've got somebody that is that driven and motivated, this is on, on, from a technical perspective. This is the argument that frustrates me about Carr is he's a much better quarterback technically than many people give him credit for. It's just an easy and lazy narrative to say he's a poor NFL quarterback because he's not. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not even Russell Wilson, but he is a solid, capable quarterback that on his day when there is upside and that even within situations in a game, he is capable of threading difficult passes, throwing his receivers open. He has that ability. He just can't weave it together as consistently. He doesn't have the raw metrics and the raw, the raw ability, obviously, of those great quarterbacks. But that's fine, right? I think in sport, often we obsess too much about these are the all-time or these are the current elite players and everyone else. And, and I think Carr is underrated and undervalued for that reason. So, yeah, interesting game, but it's not one of the three that, that we're picking. Incidentally, before we get into the three we are picking, where does that leave our Drew Locks of the Week? Because yours... Yours came in just as well, didn't it? Mine came in and uh, I, I backed a weather game, which seemingly actually didn't have that much bad weather, which was always uh, a risk <laughs> right. going betting on Thursday and trusting the weather report on the Thursday ahead of Sunday. Nonetheless, it still did come in just by about two points, I think. It was shady to say the least, but yeah, never in doubt now. Never in doubt. <laughs> You were panicking. Listen, um, panicking through the glass. Where does that leave us then? Twelve. That and leaves five. us. We're both twelve and six, actually. So it's which is a very course, impressive yeah. record. It has to be said because I'd say, but wow. pro pro sports gamblers mm. realistically look for about sixty to sixty five percent, and obviously we're hitting at sixty six percent. So for Drew Loss, again. yeah. So yeah, as we said, apparently broken clocks can be right more than twice a day. <laughs> apparently so I love that I love the fact we're hitting 66% on our, on our Drew Locks I'm proud of that alright let's see if we can keep that streak going let's start with an intriguing game if ever I saw one New England Buffalo third time these guys are playing in the space of about seven eight weeks is it that's kind of about right certainly third time this season the narrative something Carlson and I got into on the show earlier this week uh, going into this game is very much well. One of the biggest edges the Patriots have in this game is you give Bill Belichick a third look at a team, uh, and he knows how to handle it and what to do. And Belichick was asked about this, of course, and uh, I've seen some of the, the the presses he's given this week, and he's he's made that point that there is familiarity, but he's 
typically gracious and pragmatic enough to realize that mm, that cuts both ways, right? The Bills have had a lot of looks at the Patriots as well. And Belichick is, is the first to realize that, that that is a very much the, uh, the way we should approach this. However, uh, however remarkable a coach he is, particularly schematically at developing teams through the season and working out opponents through the season, which I think Belichick is maybe one of the greatest, if not the greatest at doing, which is often why Patriots teams get better and better as, as the season goes on. Concerns here, I think, for New England are the defensive, on the defensive side of the ball and how banged up they are. You got to keep an eye on that. So Christian Barmore, who's somebody Carlson was bigging up and then some earlier in the week, he's got a knee injury, left the Dolphins game with an injury, right? So he is a, it's an injury risk at the moment. Um, and I think there are concerns that this time around, the Buffalo offense, depending on weather, and it's going to be cold <laughs> and then some in Buffalo, right? The Buffalo offense is going to be able to air it out far more than they did certainly in, in the first game. And, and much closer to the second game, you compound that as well with this ground game of the Bills that's starting to starting to roll. Devin Singletary is a player role that I've mentioned a few times. You remember uh, early on in the season with one of the games at Spurs when I was doing some, I was doing an interview with the Decipher crew, in fact, uh, about all kinds of things and put on the spot a little bit with who's going to be MVP, Rookie of the Year, most improved player of the year and i i fortunately hedged my bets with the with the latter but the first answer i gave was as you uh, as you well know devin singletary but 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 maybe it wasn't such a crazy crazy pick because singletary all he's averaging 4.6 a carry he's had seven touchdowns 88 yards against the jets 110 against atlanta 86 against carolina out of the last seven you know or eight, three teams you just known. Yes. Well, well, hey, hold you, hold, call your Jets a moment because that's in in obviously more recent more recent games, but also in that run have come the New England games, thirty nine and thirty six against the Patriots. So the Patriots are, have been able to uh, stop him. Although, well, something I noticed there: five catches. This is Singletary. Five catches out of the backfield in the second game against New England. So that's something they might try uh, again to wheel him out of the backfield, but. The ground game is improving significantly. It's more than just Josh Allen now. And I think that could be a significant factor in this game. But I think that they still need to lead this ground game with Josh Allen. I think the Buffalo Bills have looked the best this season when they've incorporated more planned QB runs. I think we saw it in Mm. the second half against Tampa Bay when they nearly came back in that brilliant game. That Their offense was a lot more capable once they'd kind of set up Josh Allen to run with the ball because it allowed them to, it basically gave the opposition defences a lot more to think about because Josh Allen is such a brilliant runner with the ball that it meant that they had a lot more to think about and they had to protect that before kind of looking to defend the pass, defend the play action and defend Singletree as well. Having Josh Allen there to be able to, I mean, he's one of the best scramblers in the game, if not the best scrambler in the game. And he has Mm. been absolutely sensational in the latter half of the season doing that, especially since that Patriots game where they obviously got beaten on the ground when Mac Jones only threw the ball, what was it, twice. I think everyone left that game thinking how on earth did they not utilise Josh Allen in the ground game more then and I guess there's an element of protection there they don't want him to get banged up he had that boot injury but at the same time like I think this Buffalo Bills team is at their best when Josh Allen runs with the ball and he is their dominant runner and he is their Mm. primary runner I like Devin Singletree but I think he's only going to be able to have success if you set up that ground game with Josh Allen first it's a fair point you know just on just jumping back to a, a point you made on he might be the best scrambling quarterback in the game right now if you have put your I'm sure extravagant Propo Towers and Plumpton on the line for a designed quarterback run. They've got to make it. They've got to make 15 yards on the oh. to save Plumpton Towers. What? Uh, who are you going with? What's your power ranking there? You going Lamar or fully fit? Of course. Yeah, fully fit Lamar. I guess it's going to be it's going to be a choice between fully. F- the thing about Josh Allen is, is he, he runs people over as well. He has that incorporated into this game. Not only can he seem to be dodge and he's quite, he's more agile than people give him credit for. He can also literally truck people, which I think is a great asset to have. I think what we've seen in the past couple of weeks, Josh Allen right now, probably going into the playoffs is the best scrambler. But then again, I mean, Colin Murray is also absolutely brilliant getting near. So I think it would probably go Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Colin Murray. 
And then maybe Jalen Hurts just below below that. Because Jalen Hurts has had more rushing yards than any other quarterback this season. So you have to give him credit for that. Out of playoff quarterbacks here. So or, or or in the league full stop. I think in the league full stop. Is there anyone that you're that I'm missing? No, I think those those are the clear ones. Wilson, I guess, has got to be in Mahomes at the probably tier under. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, is, tier under, yeah. Sneaky underrated Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is also excellent at scrambling. He's brilliant yeah. in the red zone, I always think. I think Ryan Tannehill is an excellent, excellent running option in the red zone. He always manages to, when the play breaks down, kind of break free. But I think those are the three. And I think what about right, right now. What about the opposite? Roethlisberger, Brady. Yeah, well, Brady, I don't know. Brady's that weird human being who seems to be getting almost better at running with the ball as he gets older because of pliability or whatever it is. But yeah, just, so like, Brady... just like me, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, what's your... well, yeah, but yours is, uh, what's it called? The Peloton. That's what yours is. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, so what about the, the New England offense? A lot has been discussed here about, there's a great piece on, the ringer, I think it was, just looking at the the different offensive styles out of the the remaining, well, the playoff teams this season. And of course, the Patriots fall well and truly into the unreconstructed, unreconstructed old school camp, as do the Bucks and, and obviously the Eagles. Uh, and the ground game is the dominant component there, as it was evidenced in, in their first game uh, against the Bills. But they have been struggling of late, of course, in the second game against Buffalo, Mac Jones had to air it out more. And this is the key, of course. I think if Buffalo will try and push down early on because if they get into a lead and the, yeah. the Pats have to chase the game, they're not built to do that. And very much that's how it played out in round two. Jones was 14 of 32. So my math's not as good as yours, Propo, but that's under 50%. 145 yards. I think New England definitely picks fall behind early. You know, they've fallen behind in their past three losses. They're outscored by a combined 35-0 and 0 in the first quarter yeah. in those yeah, yeah, first yeah. three losses. So I think that is, wow. as you said, it's a vital point. So uh, up against what is now, and, and uh, forgive me if it has been for a while, but looking at looking at the numbers, Buffalo's past D, number one in the NFL DVOA, right? I mean, oh, yeah, by like by literally lights every up. single category. It is yeah. insane how dominant this past defense is. So this is, I guess, if we're going to simplify it, what the game boils down to. If Buffalo streak in, punch in a couple of quick scores, even I, I think I'll, if they get to 10 zip up, right? But certainly... 14 to you know two scores up i think it's going to be heavy sledding for the for the patriots conversely i think if it if and one point about the first game that i think is under estimated looking back at the game film obviously the conditions were horrendous jones passed twice or whatever it was and everyone said well you know neither quarterback could pass allen was passing quite well at, at stages in that game there was a strike in particular to Diggs that was as good a throw as you'll see him make this season now, obviously, he was hindered to a degree, but I don't think this, well, Alan can't handle. The, if we're talking about difficult conditions and which quarterback you're going to back in the air, still Alan every time, right, for me. So I feel that the best chance the Patriots have with this is to keep it grinded out, attritional, keep it close, keep it, you know, 9-3, 7-0, I think the moment it becomes a two-score and more game, they're, they're in deep waters. I think the key for the New England Patriots is to get turnovers. We've seen Josh Allen, mm. one of his weaknesses has been, this season has been interceptions. He threw three against Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. And I think that this defensive scheme and Bill Belichick are going to find ways to confuse Josh Allen and kind of focus on his weaknesses and try and get the worst out of him. And I think that's going to be a vital aspect in this game. I think Bill Belichick's not going to rely on Mac Jones in this game. And he knows for a fact they can't fall behind early. Rookie quarterbacks are just two and nine straight up in playoffs since mm. 2010. I mean, New England had the second most interceptions in the league. So realistically, they've got the capability to turn the ball over. And I think they can cause Josh Allen problems. And I think that's going to be where this game is won. I think it'll be won on the turnover battle because Mac Jones has got to keep it within within his realm. I don't think he can start forcing anything. They need to rely on their ground game. They have, what is it, this, I think the sixth best ranked rush game in the NFL this season. But Buffalo have been improving week on week, almost as if they knew they were going to play the New England Patriots mm. with this rush defense. So it's a, it's a fascinating matchup. And I'm the trilogy, as everyone is, saying, is calling it, it should be really, really interesting. And I think that from a completely footballing perspective now, 
when you look at everything, when you look at how incredible this Buffalo Bills defense has been, especially the past, the literally number one ranked across every single category has been sensational. The Pats have actually allowed nearly 26 points per outing in their final four games and actually ranks 20th in expected points allowed per play. So their defense has been trending in the opposite direction. Mm. Buffalo scored at least 27 points in five straight games. All of the footballing analysis realistically points in direction of the Buffalo Bills blowing the New England Patriots out. I mean, Buffalo Bills, every single win they've had this season has come by double digits. But you just can't expect this to be the same when you've got Bill Belichick on the other side of the ball. The man has more wins in playoff history than any other coach in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good, really good assessment. I feel that I feel that this argument that you got to keep you got to keep Allen in the pocket right of course I understand the logic of that but I suppose what's what I was getting at I don't feel that that's the ball game right that if you keep him in the pocket I think Allen's being underrated in terms of what he'll he's going to be able to do particularly as you point out the way this this, this patsy is trending I think he'll still do plenty of damage in, in that situation as well so I can't see I can't see beyond the Bills winning this relatively comfortably. What's the line? Four. Mm, I'm quite. I'm quite big on the Bills covering that. Yeah. I'm taking the Patriots every day. Are you? Are you? Every day of the week. Yeah. I'm not going against this outside that key number of three. I think give me New England. This game, as much as I completely agree with you, that the Bills should comfortably win this game, and that Josh Allen has a lot more than what a lot of people are suggesting he does as a quarterback. Mm. I think the Bills are the better team in every aspect on the field, but what they don't have is Bill Belichick on the sideline. And I think this game is going to be close. I think there's no way that Bill Belichick is going to get blown out in this game. And I think having it over the key number three, the backdoor cover is always going to be there because it's never going to be by more than 10. I think it's going to be a close, hard fought game. I think there's going to be points. I actually am more tempt- I'm quite tempted by the over as well. The 44. What's the 44? I think there's going to be turnovers. Both teams have been scoring points recently and both teams have actually been allowing points in certain in certain looks. And I think that the Buffalo Bills last week, they have been flattered by a 17-point win against the Jets when realistically that could have been a lot closer. Um, it was like a backdoor cover for them. The Jets' defence caused Buffalo quite a lot of problems. And on the same side, the Atlanta Falcons, again, the Buffalo Bills had a double-digit win and I think that flattered them because that Atlanta were causing them problems all day and Josh Allen actually had one of his weaker games. I think there is ways that this Pats team can cause the Buffalo Bills problems. I will not be taking the Pats money line, that is for sure, because I don't think they have what it takes to win this game. And I think we saw last season in the playoffs that this Buffalo Bills team isn't the Buffalo team of old, where they'll bottle it when it comes down to the big moment. I think Josh Allen is capable of winning when it comes down to it in the critical moments. But yeah. at the same time, four points above, above that, Key number three, I'm going to take New England Patriots because of Bill Belichick. His record is 30 and 11 with the Patriots. And this is the highest playoff winning percentage of any coach that has been at the helm for more than 10 playoff games. And then when you've got a defense that ranks second in the NFL and football outsiders, total DVOA. The other reason why I like the over now in this game is because both teams actually have some of the best. They have one of the two of the best kickoff and punt returners. Mm. in the game, in Oshleski and McKenzie. So I think we probably could see a big old kickoff and punt return, which will give teams good position, good field position. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think Matt Jones will turn the ball over. I think Josh Allen will turn the ball over. So I think that's where this no, it will go over this low number. I love that. I love that rationale. Uh, I love it in particular because it is you going against your gut and your heart as the under king of Plumpton to go to take the over in that. In particular, I know. And in, just another stat for you guys before we go in. Underdogs have actually been cleaning up in the wild round over the, for the last mm. five seasons. They're 15 and seven against the spread with a 10 and 12 outright record, which is incredible when you think about it, considering they usually see quite big underdogs. And in the also- last five seasons, is that? Yeah, in the last five Cause, seasons. Because I care about what happened five years ago at a wildcard game when I'm, when I'm back in this one with two. No, but that's a trend. But that's a trend. You've got to notice the trend. It's not like we're just picking out one game saying an underdog won that yeah. time ago. It's, it's looking Fair. at it in terms of it's in terms of the market more than anything because you're looking at it against the spread. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's more like in terms of the markets clearly overestimating the favourites going into this game. Maybe if they hadn't played the week before and they come out rusty, mm. it's more looking at that. And the under is also hit on sixty three percent of these games <sighs> over the past Ooh. five seasons. So I think that's, but, and that will just be because the public will be coming in as soon as the game is about to start and smashing the over. So you'll get value just before the game starts. 
expecting the wind chill uh, or the temperature with the wind chill minus 10 to minus 15 range <laughs> my god that's football weather could you add yourself for that kind of weather on 100%. If anything, I'll probably excel. 100%. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm leaning Buffalo to cover. You're leaning the Patriots to cover. All right. Well, yeah. there's, we're begging to differ. And, and it might, final note on this, might surprise some of our listeners seeing as I've been riding the Patriots bandwagon all season long. But just to just to kind of summarize that point, I always maintain they were a playoff side or they were playoff contenders to, to be precise because nobody saw them as that. And certainly when the season had started, or well, very few did and, and very few saw them as playoff contenders when the season started. But I felt that they had built identity quickly and Belichick's clearly uh, incredible at developing a what or a lot of new faces, right? And they've done a great job with that. There's a interesting piece Again, I think it might be the Ringer Athletic. Apologies, uh, but it's out there to so check either of those sites on looking at how effectively the Patriots have landed with their free agency splurge, right? Which was totally, wholly uncharacteristic for the Patriots. They never do that and they spent big. And he's landed on, on those, by and large, on almost all of those acquisitions. The draft has been effective as well. So always like them. And their upside, but the limitations are clearly apparent. And I think they will run into too much offense to keep up against Buffalo. That's my rationale here. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I can, as as you said, it's similar to the Raiders pick last week in that sense, where from a footballing perspective, what we've seen in recent weeks suggests that the Buffalo Bills should cover this number easily. But yeah. at the same time, that doesn't always apply because it is any given Sunday. And when you've got a close divisional matchup against two teams that know each other very well, it's very, mm. very likely that this game stays close just because of what, what we've seen in past seasons with divisional matchups. Just so you know... Now, as you can probably assume, the uh, the money is very much all the tickets are on Buffalo and <laughs> yeah, yeah, the shops are on the Patriots, <laughs> of course, of course. Right, next up, oh, next up, Tampa Bay, Philly. Tampa Bay, crazy heavy favorites. What's the lineup to now? Eight and a half. Eight and a half, and what's the total? Forty six. Forty six. Okay, so, hmm, be- <laughs> let's start here. He, list of quarterbacks the Eagles have yeah. beaten this season. Do you see this as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is exactly where I was going to go. With I this love this. Well. I love this. So, t- Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Jake yeah. Fromm, yeah. Garrett Gilbert, yeah. <laughs> the great Jared Goff. Let's hear it for Jared. Taylor Heineke, the Iceman Matt Ryan, Trevor Simeon, and Zach Wilson. What a wow. list. What a list. So, uh, fair to say in that respect, it's been pretty much as straightforward as it can get in the in the NFL for the Eagles. They got a shot here, I guess, because of the unknown, unknown element of returning banged up bucks, right? We know yeah. they're banged up. We know that obviously Godwin's done and uh, <laughs> as is Antonio Brown, but playoff Lenny's back. We don't quite know where he's going to be at. On the defensive side of the ball, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, JPP, they're all expected back. Quite know what kind of shape they're going to be in. What's the status on Ronald Jones, by the way? Is he doubtful to play? I think, yeah, he is also doubtful. It sounds like they might even remain sidelined. Let me see where I've got it in front of me. He did not participate in yesterday's mm-hmm. practice. So he listen to this number. So since Godwin and Brown have been out or with them out this season, the Bucks passing attack is missing 31% of its receiving yardage. This is NFL stats and info. 31% of its receiving yardage, 21% of its receiving touchdowns, and 26% of its targets. That's the chunk that is gone. Uh, so the question is, against this, particularly against this Billy D, do you think Brady's going to have enough around him with uh, Evans and Scotty Miller and Co. and a lot of these newbies? to be comfortable to cover this line? So I went, I think my instinct when I saw this line being such a large number was that the value is on Philadelphia just because of what we've seen from this team in over the sort of the latter half of the season, how incredible they have been up front. And especially because everyone always says that Tampa Bay is one of the best run defenses, if not the best run defense in the NFL. But because of those injuries in recent weeks, they've actually trended in the wrong direction. I mean, they allowed 100 yards to Chubba Hubbard 
last week and the Philadelphia Eagles are the best run team in the league, especially since they ten- changed their offense completely. You so, know, on that, on that, on since week nine, right? Yeah. Tampa's ranked 16th in yeah. rush to EPA. So that's, you know, well, exactly over through the season. So they're middle of the pack, which is fine, I guess, if you're Atlanta, but you know, this is one of the cornerstones as you've just said, one of the identifiable pillars of this team that is way under par way under par and I think that is a concern for Tampa Bay going into this game and on the other side of the ball the Philadelphia Eagles should be able to cause some issues uh, they're ranked number nine in the NFL both against the run and the pass but I feel like those numbers are going to be inflated because of the fact that they're in the NFC East and they played against the quarterbacks that you've already suggested you've already told us so yeah. far and I think that means that this team probably is actually overrated going into this game don't get me wrong the Sharps are on the Eagles because of the size of the number because of the trend in Super Wildcard weekend and because of the fact that the Bucks don't have Brown and Godwin and are missing such a big chunk of those receiving yards but at the same time I'm not sure I buy into this Eagles team at all they're 0-5 straight up and 1-4 against the spread when getting 3 or more points losing by an average of 14 points per game when they are big underdogs they're 0-6 against teams with a winning record this season and Tom Brady has averaged 310 yards per game at home and threw 25 touchdowns against just four interceptions on his home turf. I know you've taken away Gordon. I know you've taken away Brown, but Brashad Perryman has Mm. really stepped up in recent weeks. Uh, Rob Gronkowski has gone over 100 yards in both the games over the past two weeks. And the worst team at defending tight ends in the league is the Eagles. That's a little hint Mm. for my prop bet coming up. Mike Evans was incredible when they need the third down last week against the Carolina Panthers, I think he will step up. And I think that Tom Brady, for what he has done throughout his career, everyone says he needs people around him. But I think that is, I think that's doing him a disservice because I think what Tom Brady will always teach and will always promote is that this next man philosophy, and he will make sure that every single person in that locker room is prepared. Everyone always says he is by far the best teammate they've ever been, um, around like he is almost overly nice in terms of looking after players in terms of making sure they've got what they want even like if you look at he is one of the quarterbacks who always goes out in the final week of the season whether it's week 18 or week 17 and he gets his receivers their incentives last week he was just throwing balls to Gronk no matter what to make sure that he got that extra million quid for going over a certain amount of receiving yards and I think that Tom Brady will have these receivers ready whether it's Brashad Perryman whether it's even Cyril Grayson whether it's Scotty Miller despite the fact that they haven't seen looks all season I think you're always going to back Tom Brady to say to them well your time could come there's always going to be injuries in the NFL and when it does you've got to be prepared for that I mean their offense has been incredible they're second in third down completion percentage second in the red zone second in points per game like they have been really really good this season from an offensive standpoint and I think that Tom Brady has carried this team this season in a way that is not being appreciated because Mm. he is Tom Brady. And as well as that, I think that you always fade the quarterback in their first playoff matchup. They have a terrible record, historically trend-setting. And I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be caused problems. They don't actually have a great pass protection. And the Bucs have been second most QB hits in the league for the Bucs. So with Hurts under pressure, first game in the playoffs, in Tampa Bay, Mm. against this team that has already been there and won the Super Bowl, I don't, eight and a half points, I'll take it. And you, uh, you know what? I'll, great points. Uh, incidentally, the you mentioned earlier on, if we're talking about what defines these these two teams, then then the Philly front, of course, defensive front is is a big part of it of its identity. But it's going up against one of the, if not the best, certainly one of the best offensive lines in the game. Exactly. Right? So the, their biggest edge in this game, I think, is negated significantly. Uh, I like Tampa to cover it here as well. I think if if it stays under nine, I like Tampa to cover. Yeah. Completely agree. I'm with you. I'm taking the eight and a half points. And the other thing that I would definitely be doing is teasing it down to two and a half points because it goes through the key numbers, seven, Mm. six, four, and three. So definitely tease down Tampa Bay to minus two and a half if you've got someone else that you like to put them in a tease with. I think this is going to be, I think people will be questioning what the Bucks can do without Yes, Brown and Godwin, but I have no no fear going up against this Philadelphia Eagles team that the Tampa Bay won't be able to get the job done. I'm a little worried, by the way, that uh, looking at the latest injury report, Cyril Grayson, wonderfully named Cyril Grayson. Where is he on your list of favourite named? I know he's not a tight end. I know he's not a tight end, but Cyril Grayson has got to be up there. I think uh, 
Mike put it quite perfectly when he said that he's the he's the, he went to Eton and then Oxford, Cyril Grayson. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's Ealing comedy. He's straight out of Ealing comedy. Cyril yeah. Grayson, um, doubtful, doubtful for the game. Or come on, I hope Cyril steps up. Playoff Cyril, we're hoping for. Hey, all right then. So we're pretty big on the Bucks there. I think it's better. Any any strong feeling either way on the total? Um, I think I like the first half under. I think that's one thing I'll be interested in. Um, I actually heard a sharp promoting that one and he made a very good case for it. And it makes sense. Both of these teams like to check down early. Both of these teams like to run the ball early. I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands a lot early on in this game. And I think Philadelphia will start slow. And I think Tampa Bay will also try and set up the run, set up the play action and kind of find a, find a footing, especially for these players who haven't played all season, such as Brashad Perryman. I think it might be quite a slow start. And then if one team goes down, even if Tampa Bay go down, then we'll see some more explosive plays off the back in the second half. We do that game on the radio, of course, you and I. Uh, Sunday night, Talk Sport 2. Right, let's move on to uh, the Rams-Cardinals. Final game of playoff weekend, of course. Uh, another intriguing one. Well, let's start with the line, Ol. What's the line saying? So the line is at minus four currently. It opened at four and a half. But money has come in Arizona. Sharp money has come in Arizona since that money was at four and a half. And I, I guess... That is largely to do with the fact that Matt Stafford has thrown the most interceptions in the league this season. (laughs) Yes, I think Matt Stafford's comparative implosion isn't helping matters. However, I think other factors are maybe contributing to that sharp money coming in. The Rams secondary is banged up. So Jordan Fuller out for the season. Darius Williams got a shoulder injury. Taylor Rapp's in concussion protocol, which is why the Rams have wheeled out one of the greats. Who'd hung him up, but he's back in the NFL. Eric Weddle. How about them apples? <laughs> Eric Weddle back in the NFL. So that is clearly something that even with a, a banged up receiving core of their own, Arizona will obviously feel they can exploit. The question is, oh, are they going to be able to get uh, enough time to get the ball out there? Because this is irrespective of their issues offensively, a fearsome front that is playing up and then some, obviously, Aaron Donald had a field day against Arizona in the week 14 game. Three sacks, seven quarterback pressures. The way that Gaines is playing. Von Miller obviously contributing now as well. Robinson in that mix. It is uh, a terrifying prospect, I think, for uh, for most lines to try and keep them in check. And they have had a lot of previous and made hay against this Arizona line this very season. So, is there any way you feel Arizona can keep it close if Donald and Co are wreaking havoc the way they did last time? Uh, there is one way they can keep it close is if their defense does the same. I mean, Matt Stafford has performed significantly worse when there has been pressure on him. We saw that last week against the 49ers with the likes of Nick Bosa getting in his face. And obviously they have Marcus Golden and Chandler Parsons, two of the best edge rushers in the league for the Arizona Cardinals, but they have been trending in the wrong direction this season. But who they are getting back, who has been activated, JJ Watt. Yeah, JJ Watt, limited in practice, but there's no way he's not factoring in this game. That's a really good point i want to ask your perspective as well just flipping it back in terms of the, the cards offense against this front for a minute because kingsbury is saying that both james connor and chase edmonds are game time decisions right so even if they go they mm, i know it's a playoffs and god knows what they'll be shot up with but that's a worry thing that can get going or at least it's a limited ground game because of how banged up they are even with even with kyler in the mix um that you know it just takes an extra extra dimension away there worries me i'm i'm worried full stop about about the cards here and i know that you're saying the sharps are all over them so go figure that i'm not going to buck the trend of the season i like the rams a lot in this spot i really do so you know what's interesting is my drew lock of the week and i actually to be honest that this is the first time i've gone into the show we've gone start recording and i still don't know what my drew lock of the week is going to be until the moment that we decide because there is, and the under in this one was was in contention for Marjorie Lock of the Week, just because I think mm. both of these offenses are trending in the wrong direction in this game, and I think that without D Hop and with this run game getting significantly worse and being inconsistent, they're good in the red zone. This Arizona Cardinals run offense, but they are terrible outside of that and they're getting worse and worse. And I think without DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray has really struggled and we've seen this offense regress as the season 
has gone on. And on the same side of the on the other side of the ball, the Rams, their defense has been trending in the right direction and their offense has been trending in the wrong direction with Matt Stafford throwing interceptions and not being able to get as much going, especially in the critical moments. There was a couple of plays last week where you really thought that the Rams could have sealed that game against the Niners and they were just unable to get it done. If they take away Cooper Cup, the Rams definitely do look in trouble. And I think that's what the cards will aim to do this week. They had mixed Mixed results this season with Byron Murphy guarding him. And I think it was kind of one game he went off and the other game he was kind of held relatively in check. But I think that's going to be a key matchup. But at the same time, like I think that the Rams can keep this Cardinals offense under wraps. And I think on the same side of it, I think the Rams are going to struggle offensively as we have seen in recent weeks. But the only reason why I was lent away from that is because of the Rams being so banged up in the secondary. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be able to get anything going on offense. I think this game is solely on these two quarterbacks. Mm. When both teams' QBs have had 100-plus ratings in QBR ratings, they have both gone unbeaten. The Rams have gone 9-0 and the Cards have gone 8-0. I think whoever plays better out of Matt Stafford and Kyler Murray in this game, they are two superstars. They are two excellent quarterbacks, probably in the same tier right now you would put them as quarterbacks. I think everyone's talking about the fact that he has such a terrible record in the playoffs and he does tend to get worse as the season goes on in terms of being more inconsistent and making more boneheaded plays. But I think that he... But that's based on a sample size of Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Mean, but at the same... Think... Uh, yeah, I know. But at the same time, we've seen it in recent weeks, haven't we? Matt Stafford has thrown a lot of interceptions in recent weeks and he has, in, in moments where you expect him to be able to be clutch and be able to mm. make the play, he hasn't been able to deliver. And I think that is a bad sign going into the playoffs. You can't, yeah. you can't deny that. It's, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating matchup. I think it will be close, but that, as you said, I think the thing about Matt Stafford is, is on a day he can be inconsistent, but there's, there's also that day where Matt Stafford is, looks like the best quarterback in the league and he can light up a team. Mm. Arizona have a decent secondary, but I'm not saying they have what it takes to stop Matt Stafford when he's at his best. And if he's at his best on Monday night, then LA win this game comfortably. But at the same time, if Kyler Murray's at his best against a banged up secondary, as long as he keeps the ball away from Jalen Ramsey, he's throwing to Eric Weddle, he should have a big game also, and that will allow him to run with the ball more. So I think it's a fascinating matchup, and I think it is dependent on both quarterbacks having a good game. But I am leaning towards the under purely based off the mm -hmm. fact that both defences, I think, right now are stronger than their offences. And yeah, in that situation, when you've got a number at 49, close to 50, I'll take the under. Yeah, I'm seeing it at 49 and a half in some places. Okay, Propo, the unders king of Plumpton, going with an under for you there, listeners. Loving that. I am, for the record, I like the Rams. Minus four, uh, I'm on the Rams on that one. I think they I think they win it by a touch. Well, I, I certainly think they cover, cover minus four. All right, so crunch time. Do you want to have a bit more time for your Drew Lock of the Week? Yeah, give me a little yeah. bit. Yeah, All give right. me a little bit more time. How do you feel uh, with our Acker of the Week being a double, which would get us to evens, given the fact it's a lim obviously a limited slate as it's wild card weekend? Or we could give our listeners the option of, of, of going bigger if they want. Right? Well, so, well, who, who have you put in there? I put the, uh, you might disagree with my second pick. So the Bucks and the and Cowboys. The no, no, the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah, baby. Why? What do you mean, Why? Why? Why the Cowboys? Why? I actually think the 49ers plus three and a half is certainly one one in contention for my Drew Lock of the Week at this point, just because mm. I think what we've... I think that they are the best on-the-road team probably going into this playoff weekend. And I think you're, my issue with the Dallas Cowboys is, is we've watched them now twice in primetime tear apart NFC East teams. And I think that that has overvalued them. And I think people rate them higher than they actually are. I think this offense has actually been struggling, especially when they haven't played against a team that's in the NFC, such as a Washington football team that's fighting themselves and a Philadelphia backup secondary. Um, when they played against the Arizona Cardinals, they struggled. And you've just made the case for why you're not necessarily backing this Arizona Cardinals team. They're not actually great at stopping the run. And what did we see San Francisco do all all game last week, especially in critical moments, was run all over an LA Rams team, which is actually much stronger at stopping the run than the Dallas Cowboys. So that's my fear for the Dallas Cowboys in this game. I think this game is going to be close. I think it will be a field goal game. Uh, whether Dallas Cowboys are on the right side of that, I don't know. The sharp money is obviously on the 49ers. Um, well, of course. Because <laughs> well, I guess it's, in this sense, circumstance, it just seems that all the sharp money is on the underdogs. Um, but also, you were talking straight up money line pick here for the Acker or the double, whatever we're going to yeah. go with. But the Cowboys are, I get that there have been limitations offensively, but that has a lot to do with injuries they've had, right? And look, they're not going to have Gallup back, but 
Cedric Wilson's really stepped up there. The ground game, Pollard's back. Zeke's obviously been playing through injury, but they've been spelling him. And I think he's get, get, getting stronger and stronger. I think they've been waiting for this moment. They are pretty much full fitness, right? They've got, I think their fullbacks out. I think Keanu Neal is a is doubt or questionable, doubtful in, 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 in defensively, but otherwise they are good to go across the board. And I, much as we are Jimmy Garoppolo apologists on this show, I'm taking Dak over Jimmy every time in, in that setup. It, I think the place is going to be jumping. I know that the, the, the defense has been superb this season, but maybe overhyped a little bit and maybe overhyped in terms of the pass rush element going into this game against a strong 49ers offensive line. But I still think that's going to be interesting to see if they can, with Randy Gregory and Parsons, can, uh, can get something going and just get some pressure on Garoppolo. I just think when I stack it all up, there's more talent in this Cowboys lineup. Home field advantage, hyped up for the win. I'm liking them. You're shaking your head. Listeners, for the last 15 seconds, Ollie's just been looking at me in, with relative disdain, shaking his head. I'm definitely one of the people who's pretty highest on the 49ers. I think maybe in the world, in terms of just what they're mm. capable of doing. I love what Debo Samuel apparently can play every position on offense now. I'm waiting, to, <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for him to play offensive line. George Kittle, I think, could have a huge game. A huge game in this matchup. Mm. I think this is the most star-studded matchup we have. It's the two most historic franchises. I mean, what a game mm. it's going to be. Ryan, primetime, nine o'clock. Perfect for UK listeners. It should be absolutely brilliant. But I love what the 49ers have on defense now as well with Nick Bosa. Fred Fred Warner is an absolute baller. I think there is literally t- so much talent mm. on this pitch. And that's why I probably would prefer yeah. if we steered clear they of are that. They are tough up front. Considering yeah. what you've just said, mm. what about we throw the Rams in there? Rams in. More yeah. comfortable with the Rams. And then add the Chiefs in there just as a little sprinkle. Just because, oh, that's mm-hmm. so dangerous. As what do you really? No way. Do you think the Steelers <laughs> what, can be for the extra bit of the extra bit of juice? For the, how much? No, yeah. How much? How much extra juice do we get though? Is it worth the extra to juice? two on? So that if you take if you take the double the Bucks yeah. Rams, it's just under evens. And if and we the add Chiefs, the Chiefs, pushes pushes them over. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. There I'd you be, go. I've been. Oh my god. What. <laughs> I just wait for the Steelers to pull up the upset of the decade. Uh, Okay, fair enough. Look, I get get it. I get it on the the risky pick on the riskiness of the Cowboys, but I'm confident that they get it done this time. I'm big on the Cowboys having a deep playoff run. I think ultimately they fall short to the pack in the NFC, but I like like him to go deep. So I'm going to stick to my guns on that one. Uh, Is that your hint for the Drew Lock? No, my Drew Locker that we've already covered is is, is the Bucks to cover. It's the Bucks to cover. Bucks to cover. Okay, fine. I can't take that as well. Are I we going to do that? Are we going to take them? Yeah, I was also that was another one in my. You can take them. That's fair enough. You want to? You got to. Got to. You know. No, that is fair enough. But I guess I mean, I can't. I, I don't know if we can take the same one. The Bucks was it. So basically, I'll tell you who. What my there's actually quite a few. So I have quite a few of the bets that I quite like this week. There's none that I'm like. Why don't you 100%. take the 49ers to cover? Because you seem so passionate. 49ers. That. that is one of them. Okay. 49ers right. uh, plus three and a half is one of them for sure. Um, you know what we could do, which could be quite fun, right? Steer our listeners to the safer acker, right? Which is, what do we say? Rams and Bucks. And if you want to get a little bit more juice, put the car, the Chiefs in there as well. And you're getting straight over evens on that. We could do, could be fun. Why don't we take, if you're comfortable with this, because I'm saying Cowboys money line, Cowboys money line, and you can have 49ers to cover. How does that sound? As, as, Drew, as, as, our, as our respective Drew Locks. No. <laughs> in what world is that? In what world is that fair <laughs> that you get the Cowboys money line, which is below evens, that I get an evens bet? You get. Well, hang on, Cowboys money line, and you get plus three points. Yeah, no, but you still yeah. get the you still get you still get shorter odds for your. <laughs> You're so convinced. The in Cowboys. that case, <laughs> and it's rubbish. Give me forty dollars plus seven and a half. What? No chance. <laughs> Those would be right. the same odds. Those would be well, the same odds. Cowboys money see. line and forty dollars plus seven and a half would be the same odds. I got in there first with the Bucks, so you've got to come. Got to come. Right, you have <laughs> the Bucks. I will Plenty. take. Well, the other one I'm tempted to take is the under in the Kansas City Chiefs versus Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm quite tempted by that. Just because the under. Yeah, the under. Mm. Just, I don't think Big Ben's going to be able to get anything going in this game. Mm. I think this offense is really going to struggle against the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you like the Chiefs to cover that thirteen? No, 
Too many points. No, okay. I'm going to stay clear of that. It's too many points. Okay. At the same time, the Steelers could get absolutely destroyed. So yeah. I'm going to stay clear of that. I'm probably tempted. I'm tempted by the under in that game, though. I think the Chiefs will win the game, but I think the Pittsburgh Steelers could keep it close. And I think they'll only be able to do that by deep, like by defense. I think this offense is pretty abject. As we saw, they only seem to be able to do it in the fourth quarter. Definitely Chiefs first half. Minus seven and a half now. That's a little sharp mm. pick for you there. Mm. That's a good one just because the Steelers start so slowly and they basically lost every game they've won. They've been losing in the first half pretty much the whole mm. season. But you know what? You've, I, I'm going to take them because they are... I went heavy on them last week. I really, really believe this 49ers team. The thing about this 49ers team is they have the ability to choke. Like they have the ability to... They have exactly. this ability to... No, but I think that on paper, their team is just as good as this Cowboys team. I think they match up really well. They I think squeaked Kittle... into the playoffs. Like, everyone's just getting overhyped about yeah, this. I told you, but they only lost one game all season with both Kittle and Debo Samuel in the lineup. Yeah, that's they lost one point. game all season with those two in the lineup. They are uh, they are going to go into this game as healthy as they've been all season with Jimmy G, yeah. Kittle, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams looks like he's going to play. That's a key one. And mm. their secondary is not as banged up as it was. And they're going to have Fred Warner. Give me, the, give me the 49ers plus three and a half. That's a key number as well. So if they lose by a field goal, I give me the 49ers it. plus three and a half. I'm I, taking them. My, do you know the reason moxies. why I was trending away from them was because um, everyone... I think the Cowboys. Every, no, because there was a lot of people picking the 49ers. And that, <laughs> sure. Colin Coward picked the 49ers and I was like, oh no. Like if Colin Coward picked the 49ers, <laughs> That is that is not a good sign. Blazing picks. Colin Coward isn't hitting 66%. No, definitely not. I like your moxie. It is it is Joe Burrow esque propo, which uh, uh, I think is the maybe the highest compliment I can pay you. So yeah, there yeah. you go. All right. Well, prop bets to the week. So first one. Guess what, Nat? I'm back in a tight end against the Bengals. Cincinnati mm. continued to struggle at stopping the pass over the middle, which means Darren Waller, despite having a relatively quiet day last week against the Chargers, I think is going to have a huge. Huge super wildcard weekend. I think he's going to have over five and a half receptions. I expect Derek Carr to go back to his favourite target this week. Gronkowski to score a touchdown. I've already said it. <clears throat> yeah. He had 115 and 137 yards in his last two games when they don't have Goldwyn or Brown. No team has allowed more receptions or TDs to tie tens than Philadelphia. I expect Brady to go sackly where he always goes in the end zone in the playoffs, and that is to Rob Gronkowski. And the other one is actually going back to the Raiders-Bengals game. I think Joe Mixon is going to have over 19 and a half carries. The main focus for the Raiders going into this game is going to be taking away the big play. That is what everyone is saying going against Cincinnati. You've got to take away that 70-yard play throw to Jamar Chase. And I think that will allow Joe Mixon to excel against a Raiders defense that allowed him to go for 123 yards on 30 carries against them back in late November. The Bengals have actually been explosive in recent weeks. As we said, Zach Taylor's finally trusted Joe Burrow putting the ball in his hands. But I think in both of their first playoff appearances... I expect Zach Taylor to resort back to a little bit of his earlier season self and go run first. And thus, I expect mm. Mixon to see a lot of the ball. And you, you know your Bengals proper. You know your Bengals. So three solid bets. Love the Gronk one. I'm all in on that. A couple of obvious exceptions. This is a tough old week to pick. So if you are going to have some action, uh, by all means do, but like anything in life, everything in moderation, people don't go crazy. Just have a bit of fun with it. We hope you enjoy the football, most importantly of all. We, I guess we said, are going to, when we work it out, are going <laughs> to be live on TalkSport to, at some point this weekend. No, we've got Raiders Bengals Saturday, Eagles Bucks Sunday. So, you know, the kickoff times. Join us for both of those live on TalkSport to uh, Shane Vereen Saturday night, right? With us? Shane Vereen with us Saturday night, Phoebe yeah. Schechter Sunday night. I'm Mike and I back early next week uh, with the review of the wildcard weekend. Propo and I will be back for the divisional round. We'll have a preview show as well. Shane Vereen, no less, actually, is dropping by next week on this very show as well. So we've got lots of pods coming thick and fast. And like we said at the top of the show, if you've got 30 seconds, drop over to sportspodcastawards.com. Vote for the show as your favorite NFL show. We'd massively appreciate it. All right, Propo, good luck. Enjoy. Thank you, my man. Podcast Network.